0: Hello, and welcome to the Kia Coachman Basketball Podcast. First episode of the new year, 2022. And today we have a very special guest, disciple of Ben Taylor and Ball Don't Stop. No layups. How are you? (laughs)
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I really, I really pride myself on being the baby between being Ben Taylor and Ball Don't Stop, Paul. So yeah, I, I pride myself on that. Okay,
0: so let's get right into it. Uh we just watched Clay Thompson's return game after what was it like nine hundred and forty games out yes, right. yes. Yeah, or days. yeah, yeah last time he played was twenty nineteen finals and it's twenty twenty two now. So
1: uh right off the bat, what do you think about his comeback? Um let's start. Um he may be the best me maybe at his best slashing of his career he looked very good going at the basket attacking the rim yeah i was fairly surprised um his mobility i would say he's not as quick off the ball as he used to but he'll still be able to provide value and with just his high iq and constant movement um defensively he'll probably take the task of guarding bigger players now rather than even being the guy to switch on the smaller guards and stuff, that probably will be more Wiggins' job now. Um, you could tell his lateral movement has taken a hit and and close out situations, but he shows he on switches versus marketing and Mobley, he he held his ground fairly well. So I think he'll do good guarding wings and stuff. Just as long as he's not constantly um close out or switch onto a, a shifty guard.
0: Yeah, I actually had the same exact things I wanted to touch on. Uh, The first thing you said about his slashing, he looked like he was taking guys off the dribble more confident than I'd ever seen from him, which is if he really, like, worked on his ball handling over these past two years, I think that could be a huge thing for his game. Uh, You say he's not as quick. I think we should, like, give him more time because, you know, like, first game back after big injuries. Of course, like, he's not going to come back athletically the same way he was before. But I think it was pretty... uh, it was like a good sign that he looked pretty mobile for all that time off. So I hope he can get better and get back to where he was. And yeah, the first thing I noticed in the game was usually in this type of matchup, Clay would guard the the smaller guard like Darius Garland. Right. But this time Wiggins started the game on him and Clay was on Lori, Markinen. So uh yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's that's what I noticed too. So, with him looking how he looked, which is pretty good, where do you think that puts the Warriors for this year?
1: I mean, honestly, I don't see what more does it – it just – it's like the rich get richer, you know? You know, they were probably already going to come out the West. Um, The only challenge I really feared for them was Utah, and even then it's like, you know, I still had 70% faith that they would beat Utah, but now it's like – I don't even think if the Lakers figure it out, they can beat them. If you know Klay gets better from this, like if this is the bottom for Klay, is is it's damn near over. I don't see anything but the Bucks or the Nets being able to beat them. You know, I mean maybe the Clippers if Kawhi comes back and you know PG still being PG, you know, but I would say the Bucks, Nets. And Clippers are probably the only teams that could probably beat them. And I don't even know how many of them are actually favorites besides the Nets. You know, fully healthy, having yep. Kyrie, whole series. No love for the Suns. Uh, no, I <laughs> no, nah, I no love for the Suns. I think they're the third best team in the in the West right now. No love yeah, for the Suns,
0: For me. Them in Utah are like kind of interchangeable, but I see right. where you're coming. Warriors a lot of people are already saying they're like heads and shoulders above all the other teams right now. And I wouldn't say heads and shoulders, but I say they've been the best team this year. So, you know, I ha- I saw Brooklyn as my favorite, but if like you said if this is the bottom for Clay, um there's like no telling how good this team can be kind of. It feels like they're just basketball perfection. Right. watching them, like everyone knows their role. They all Everyone moves off ball exactly how they should. On defense, everyone makes the right rotations. They're like – and this kind of been the case for the Warriors for, like, what, six years now? But they're just, like, one machine where everything's in unison and everything is, like,
1: playing the right part, you know? Yeah, it's like – shout-out to Steve Kerr, man. Shout-out to that Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, Joe Lacombe. All of them, that organization is really – really healthy, that organization really emphasizes fit, you know. And, like, yes, they're – I guess you will put, like, they're the face of the analytics movement, but they also incorporate just smart basketball logic. Like, they just played a perfect, pure sense of basketball. Um They don't even run a lot of – like, they're not even a heavy ball-screening team, even though we know the stuff in Draymond Pick and Roll is – Damn near unstoppable. And at times we feel like, you know, they should do it more, especially last year. We felt like they should do it more. Okay. But okay. yeah, but like they just play like pure basketball, it's sort of like a European style, just a lot mm-hmm. of advantage creation off of drive, kick, off ball movement, curls, all of that, spotting up, cutting. I, I, I really love the way they play basketball. It's, it's just like a, a Pierce game. That's pure basketball.
0: Yeah, it just looks like they're playing basketball the way it's supposed to be. It's like you're watching perfection, kind of like the Spurs towards, like, the end of Tim Duncan, Kawhi coming up, like, 2014-type Spurs. It's just five players on the court at all times that can make a play with or without the ball in their hands. Always make the right decision in a system that basically just encourages them to do
1: that. You know, it's, like, free-flowing. Right, and, I mean... It's really, it's it, in theory, you can look at it as, like you could probably game plan, like, okay, this is how you stop this. But it's it's very difficult to lock in and do it time after time, possession after possession after possession. Like, that takes a lot of mental strength to lock in on that style of offense and then come down on offense and have to score versus that defense. Like, yeah, and where best- are you mentally? Yeah,
0: with Draymond. Being like a depoy type player this year again. Andrew Wiggins is looking great on defense. It's like, you kind of look at them. There's no flaws. You're like, damn. I would hate if I had to uh, coach a team to play the Warriors.
1: Right, and then you still have a all defensive caliber player, um, and Gary Payton. 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 Off yeah, yeah. So he's disrupting bench units and getting out of the transition and just getting you more points just to run it up even more or create a distance, so when the starters come back in, it's like, yeah, man, that 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 team is crazy. Like, I don't see how you really beat them in four games. I don't see how you beat them four games. I don't even see how you beat them three. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, man, because I even went, I seen them in person, and even though they lost to Charlotte, I was like, yeah, okay, this team is like, legit, like, legitimate, like, then I went and saw Phoenix and Phoenix blew out Charlotte, but I was just like, you know, Phoenix is good, but they just you can I could just tell like they aren't going to state level. Like, and then Utah with their inherent flaws. Um, if they play Utah, it that may be a series where Andrew Wiggins looked like the second best player in that series. Like I think would average 40. Yeah, <laughs> like it, him and Wiggins. Wiggins and Curry will look like Durant and Curry look if they play Utah because I, I don't see who they put on Wiggins because I'm guessing you will put Royce on Curry. I would hope.
0: Yeah, you'd have to.
1: Yeah, and then you have Wiggins. Who are you gonna put on Wiggins? I, your second best defender is Conley. He's too small. Mitch is that's a bucket. Um, Ingles can't guard a shadow. Can't keep a shadow in front of him. So at this point, a couple years ago, Ingles. Yeah. Think, at this point. But yeah, twenty twenty two England is not the same. No, yeah, it just
0: feels know. like the most perfect basketball since twenty sixteen Warriors. Right, right, definitely it's like twenty sixteen part two. Okay, uh, now the Warriors played against the Cavs today, who have been my favorite team to watch this year. So perfect segue. What have you thought about the Cavs? Because I think they've been so interesting this year.
1: Um, they're look. So I love what they're doing. Um, shout out the first shout out to Darius Garland. Um, I've been a fan since college. Since he got hurt in college, I was still saying, oh, he's crazy. Um all star caliber player this year, or high sub all-star. Shout out to him. Um, Jared Allen's definitely an all-star this year. I miss my boy in Brooklyn. He showed some improvements in all areas and finally is able to abuse mismatches in the post. Um so that's there. shout out to their coach, bigger staff. He's, he's, he's a cool yeah, wow. he's done some things. Um, Mobley, he's like that glue. He, he's really like, he gives me a lot of KG vibes, yo. Like yeah. I think the ceiling, like I think the sky's the limit for him. I had him as this, the second best player in the draft class I say, don't even Thank be you. surprised if he ends up as the best, like he's a generational yeah. defender. Um, he doesn't even have to guard the bruisers in the post because you have Allen, which is great. So he can roam, help, guard the wing. So that's a great, like, having him there. Then you have somebody like Laurie. And, And then Laurie, the fact that he's with those other guys, and, you know, maybe he's guarding a quicker player on the perimeter, but you have to think he's forcing guys to drive into Allen. And Mobley, and then he's recovering weak side or from behind SWAT and stuff. Contesting Laurie's been good on both sides of the ball, especially spacing the floor out. And I didn't even notice that he had like a, he has a nice little handle to attack off the catch from the yeah. perimeter. So then then you have Kevin Love coming off the bench, uh still bucket in the post, still a bucket from the perimeter. Uh, the, like, this team is this team is good. This team is I really like. I was a fan of uh, Lamar Stevens coming out of college too. So I re- especially today. I mean, you saw he was balling today. He was the best player for them today, arguably. Um, yeah, man, I really like what this team does. I think with the right matchup, I will say this. I think they could beat Miami in a series. Call me crazy. I think they could beat... Without Bam, I think they could beat Miami. Oh,
0: without, them, yeah, yeah. without yeah, yeah. Bam,
1: yeah. Will Bam be back?
0: I have no idea what his injury is looking like, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, if... Yeah, man, if, if Bam's not back, I think they could beat him. And low-key, they might be able to with Bam. Because couldn't they just swarm? I guess it would have to depend on how Oladipo's looking.
0: Oh, my God, I... Literally completely forgot all the in the league.
1: Yeah, but I'm thinking like, okay, I guess you could do something like put Mobley on Jimmy. Um, yeah, I mean that's what the Lakers did, right? Uh, yeah. Twenty finals
0: after a certain point, Jimmy was cooking every game, and then they just put AD on him, and Jimmy still played really good, but like, it wasn't the same anymore.
1: Yeah, like the only games he really went off with AD on it was when, uh, well, was, was it game five? Whatever that game, AD got hurt. Exactly. But he was still playing. He, Jimmy started eating. but So, I'm guessing you could do something strategically. You know, you got Allen on Bam. You uh, if, if Bam's eating from the perimeter, you just going to have to live with that. But I doubt he's going to do, that. Yeah, and not he's gonna not do really, that. yeah, he's not really an aggressive scorer anyway. So, you have Allen on Bam. you clogging up the passing lanes and defending the room. Then you got Mobley on Jimmy. Still got Bam helping. I guess you would just have to worry about Laurie constantly getting blown by. Yeah. If he's on somebody like Hero or the Depot, but... But then you um, have Mobley and Allen helping. Yeah, then you have Mobley yeah. Allen helping. And then I guess you could do something like just put more Laurie on Duncan and just tell him, use your left to con- contest when you're around the screen. Like, get around, rear view contest. And then if he's forced to drive, he's driving into some Twin Towers. Yeah. So, I don't that's, know. It, that's... It's just really interesting.
0: Yeah, I think that gets to why this team is so good. It's just length everywhere. Yeah. And I think Uh, it's really because of Mobley, because he has the quickness to kind of allow you to play someone like Laurie or Kevin Love, who's a lot slower than like a regular forward, but they can just use their length. Everyone has their hands out, arms out always. And if anything goes wrong, Moby can kind of recover to anywhere
1: just because of how huge and fast he is. Right. Like, they're so long, Pauls. They're long, like, <laughs> everywhere. Like, this, this is ridiculous. Like, I would hate playing against a team like that. Like, it was enough. The Bucks used to do that, like, a couple years ago. Even now, they're still super long. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, like, a few years ago when they had Bledsoe, yonder it was one year where they were super yeah. – they had left – everywhere like teams like that just it just disrupts your timing with everything and all of that stuff so I really like what's going on over there I really I really do especially you know Cleveland not being known as a good environment at for a while especially at the Brown left it, it's just good to see Mobley drafted into a good situation um I don't know I'm not really a fan of Sexton so I feel like hopefully they can get rid of him for some assets so, that's going to be another interesting thing to watch this offseason coming up with them.
0: Yeah, I think uh, on Sexton, I don't know how to think. I think he's really good, but probably not the right guy for this team. And I don't think Baker Safari likes him either.
1: Yeah, he's he – um, be- Garland was very unlocked. Um, yeah. yeah, when he got – when he went down.
0: Yeah, I think Sexton can be a – really high-level player somewhere else, but I feel like what Cleveland's doing right now is really working, and I don't know how well Sexton fits into that. But speaking of Garland, he has been amazing. He, and, like, he's so fun to watch. Last year, he really stepped it up, but uh, he's such a, like, shifty player, and I think he's really perfect for the bigs they have.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What do you... What do you think about him this season?
1: I mean, he's where he's all star. I feel like he was an all star yeah. caliber player. Um, so with that, I just think so. Let's let's just start this. He's already a great, a very good playmaker, right? Already a very good playmaker. Um, has some crafty finishes around the rim, not a great finisher, should you know. Wish he drew more fouls around the rim and stuff, and like length and physicality, I realize can disrupt them, knock him off his rhythm, as we've seen tonight. But he's very efficient, great shooter, great mover off ball, and a great passer. So like, I was asking the question. I think he's on the John Morant level. Like, I don't, I don't think John, I don't think he's better than Jaw yet. I think he can be, but I was just asking, been like in a mold, like. I would probably lean towards a Garland play style and with his attributes over a Jaw in the future. But, you know, John just has that outlier, you know, rim pressure finishing and playmaking. But it's like Garland is very, very good, and he's only going to get better from here. Yeah. I I, I feel like he's really good. I kind of
0: just – like he understands his own flaws. He's not very strong. He's not the best finisher. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he, like, destroys drop coverage. If a big drops on a screen or the guard goes under, he's pulling every time. And, usually, like, that's an efficient shot for him because he's such a great shooter. And he's also kind of unlocked the bigs that Cleveland has because he he's great at finding them kind of in the high post and then the bigs can play their own high-low game while he's spacing it out for them. And right just having a floor general like that, like when he's not in the game, uh, Cleveland doesn't have offense.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very ugly to see because Mobley isn't, he has playmaking potential. You know, he could be somebody eventually that should go operate through the hot post, but he's not there yet. So when Garland's not in the game, creating those easy looks for him and Allen and even Laurie at times, um, it can get very ugly. It, it can get very ugly. I, I imagine, um, it will get better, you know, throughout the future and stuff. But right now, it it, it can get really, 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 really ugly. Yeah, and another,
0: another thing I like from that team this year is uh, the Kevin Love resurgence. He yeah. has been, like, bad for a couple of years now. And I don't really blame him. Like, he's an old-aging vet. The team was bad. He wasn't getting the ball as much as he wanted. But this year, he's... Completely invigorated. What have you seen from him, that you like or dislike? Yeah,
1: I really like just how it looks like he he just wants to play basketball again and he's He's a a good good player. Because, I mean, being in a losing situation can really, like, kill your love for the game and all of that stuff. Because, I mean, he was still good in 2019. And then 2020, he was dealing with a lot of injuries and stuff. But even 2019 – he was still eighteen to ten, so it's like he never really fell off. Just an injury, come you know, dealing with injuries really like hurt him, um, and all that stuff. But it's just good to see him playing good basketball again and at least trying to win. And I guess you can respect the fact that he stuck it out in Cleveland, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think he also kind of similar to Garland unlocks the the style that they like to play with the bigs because of his great passing. His spacing, the way he likes to relocate without the mm-hmm. ball, like get back to the three-point line. He really makes the high-low action work with either Mobley or Allen. His offensive and defensive rebounding. They, I, I noticed the Cavs win so many possessions just from being big. Right. Like, like they'll miss a shot and then Allen will tip it. To love, love will tip it and then like Moby will come down with it and they just get another chance right there. And they already have positioning down low because the big got the rebound. So, and I think love really helps make that happen. So, yeah, I've loved what I've seen from him
1: like a low key six man of the year sleeper. Right. Definitely a low key six man. I mean, if they make the playoffs, I, I feel like it's a moment there for him being, you know, the leading candidate. You know, you can, if you know, of course, they made the playoffs and probably finished higher. If they could get home court, I don't see how you argue anybody unless, you know, maybe Jordan Poole will have an argument, but he really didn't ride the bench the whole year. So it's going to be kind of hard to argue that. But yeah, man, I just uh, shout out to Kevin Love for not giving up on the game because I thought he was, you know, close to retirement or just dying out in free agency.
0: Yeah, I've always been a fan of him and kind of wanted to see his Minnesota form back, which he's obviously nothing like that, but a lot closer to that than he's been in the last couple of years, so I'm happy to see that.
1: Do you have anything right. else that you want to talk about? Um, My man, the Cavs, shout out to them. Um, yeah, man, the Cavs really, they're probably the second most surprising team I've seen this year besides the Bulls. Yeah, besides Chicago, i um fairly okay. surprised.
0: So let's get into that. Uh, I know you've been watching a lot of Chicago this year, so you take the floor on this.
1: Um, Chicago really surprised me because, yes, I knew they had two all-defensive caliber guards, but I did not see their defense being this good. It's very aggressive. And, like, I it's just – their defense just – confuses me because it makes me wonder like it makes me you have to really value the the impact of processing speed processing speed is very important i realized with them they realize a lot of teams don't have quick processing speed so we can speed them up and make them make basic decisions where we can just jump the pass force turnovers or force them to play fast like even the nets like we don't have many quick processors so that's why they give us a hard and I realize, like, like, a lot of teams, like, Golden State beat the brakes off of them, but they have good process, like, good process and thinking in their system. Dallas today, smoked them, but they have nice thinkers in their system, but a lot of teams don't, and I feel like that, and then, you know, in the regular season, teams, three-point three-pointers fluctuate up and down, so you catching teams on the wrong night, they ain't hitting threes, you're giving them up, so yeah, man, it's just This is very interesting. They forced a lot of turnovers defensively, and and I still feel like they aren't... like They're going to have a regression to the mean, but I don't know when that's going to happen, at least defensively. I feel like it's going to happen at the wrong time in the playoffs, so that's why I'm not really sold on them as a contender, but they're playing very great. As far as offensively, they run five out. um, They get DeRozan, and Zach Levine's, the isolations that they need, like whether it's just dribbling up, backing your opponent down to the mid range, going to work or coming down, coming off the pin now, getting to early ball screens, whether it's single or double ball screens. They do a lot of that. They do a lot of just coming down and letting Zach and DeRozan create advantages and employing shooters around them and just playing off that. So that's very good.
0: I haven't watched them as much as I probably should this year, but uh, I did when I do watch them. I definitely notice a thing about how the defense is kind of anchored by Lonzo and Caruso, which isn't. I can't think of any other team ever that's anchored by where the defense is anchored by two guards.
1: Like, can you think of any? Because no, I-, I really can't. I guess you could say. Well, anchored by two. I can't really think I guess you could say Marcus Smart anchored the Celtics defenses when you know a couple of years ago when they were the top five defenses. But I mean Jordan I and Pippen yeah, they also had Horford, but I guess Jordan and Pittman were winning. It's just very weird. Like a uh, two-point guards is really anchoring this great of a defense. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, so it makes me think about like
0: how it'll be in the playoffs. Cause usually what it's thought of is teams with like switchable bigs and wings and forwards do better in the playoffs and teams that revolve on one big rim protector mm. do worse defensively. I have no idea what to expect for the bulls defensively in the playoffs. Cause I don't know what to compare them to, you know, they're like their own unique archetype.
1: Yeah. They, they create a lot of havoc. So I guess as a, I guess you can look at the turnovers they create per game. It's going to be an interesting case study because if they can continue to create a lot of turnovers and stuff, and then the need for an elite run protector protect lessens because you're really protecting him a lot by just creating turnovers and creating easy baskets on the other end. You know, you create five turnovers a game. You score four, of them, that's eight points. Eight points in a playoff game, you can make a major swing. There's not about a lot of house in a playoff game. Yeah. So I mean, and then imagine having eight still scoring. And that's just live ball turnovers. So we not even talk about the plays where the inevitable dead ball turnovers where you're taking shots away also from the opposing team. So it is is it's gonna be very interesting. Um I'm interested to see those guys burn out playing that type of style in the playoffs and how teams counter it. Cause I do think it's beatable with just understanding of where the traps and, you know, the exploits are, the rotations, all of that. It's very exploitable. It's just, you know, I feel like teams don't really have a incentive to lock in and just feel like they, okay, let's just figure out how to exploit this. Rather than when the playoffs come, they really going to lock in on how to beat it. Mm-hmm. Do you think, what do
0: you think about what Vuce has done on defense this year as the big
1: I mean, I think he's done good at you know hedging on the perimeter. Um, I would say he still isn't a great rim protector, but he's done well enough to maintain his ground. Uh, done good, especially lately, def- rebounding defensively. So I mean, I guess providing value. I mean, getting us getting some steals. And then rebounding those second chance buckets and not just being a liability protecting the rim, I guess that's really all he can do. he's still a, I guess you would say still a negative, but his his negativity is being minimized with this team. so I wouldn't go as far to say he has a positive impact, but I would still say his he's not he's not having as bad as impact as his true talent shows is. Yeah, I feel I get what you mean.
0: What have you thought about their offense? Because I know some people think it won't work as well in the playoffs since it's uh a lot of it comes from like transition opportunities and generally the game slows down in the playoffs. Right, their of
1: offense is created an early offense, so it's like transition early offense where the team isn't it's not you're not locked up in a half court set. A defense is a it's still transitioning back so. I don't know how the offense was going to be. I feel like it's going to drop. I feel like Zach is going to have a bigger load. Because I don't see, yes, DeRozan is as a playmaker, but they don't really have many shot creators on that team. Yeah. Because Zach and DeRozan, I I guess you have Kobe White, but I don't think teams are worried about Kobe White. They're not giving the ball to Vuce in the post that much. He's attacking from the perimeter. Um, So he's not even being maximized. So it's interesting. If if they can, I don't think they're going to continue to, I don't think both of them are going to continue to consistently hit those tough shots. Like you have to generate some easy shots. Like those guys really, especially DeRozan, doesn't really generate a lot of clean looks.
0: Yeah, they're good tough makers.
1: Yeah, they're great tough shot makers, but you don't want your team shooting a lot of tough shots. It, yeah. It's it's like how like people be like oh like such and such record in the clutch, but you don't want your team in the clutch. Yeah, so, yeah. Like,
0: if you're blowing them out by twenty. If you're zero and one in the clutch, it doesn't matter if you're ten and one total on the season.
1: Right. So yeah. I I that yeah I would I would rather them generate like easier looks. They're going to have to eventually shoot more threes. They shoot a lot of, they get a lot of mid-rangers, which is more contested shots. But it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I want to see which lower seed team, because I don't think they're going to drop below four. So Let's see teams five and below that, you know, you would think would give them a hard time. Do you think Philly can beat them mini a series?
0: Yeah, for sure. Depending on like, what happens with Simmons, I guess, because his perimeter defense is kind of important when you're playing against Levine. Oh. And if, he
1: comes, if he comes back, they, they probably not winning the game. <laughs> yeah, because Matisse, uh, I'm a Thibault fan. I feel like Thibault's yeah. the best guard defender in the league. Um, yeah. Thibault, yeah. So, like, Let's say we, so I don't even think they could beat Philly without um, Ben. So you well, guys
0: could, I think they could. could, but I don't know if I they don't know. Will, Okay, they can, but I don't know if they will. That's yeah. a better way to say it. They would be, I think it's definitely
1: possible. But Embiid yeah. like, would average like 45. <laughs> right. He, he's going to destroy them. Um. So you got Philly, you got to worry about. The Cavs is going to be interesting. I mean, they should be able to beat the Cavs, though. I think they should watch out for that Toronto matchup, though. They've been streaking. I haven't really watched Yeah. They won six in a row. They're seventh right now. Yeah, they are seventh. I was looking at the
0: standings today, and that, like, caught my eye because I didn't expect that at all coming into the season.
1: They really need to – if I'm them, I'm really trying to avoid that Toronto matchup because – they have a lot of great defenders <laughs> on that team, and you don't want to get in a track race with them. I think that's a team where they really want to avoid, like Toronto versus the Bulls. If the Bulls face Toronto, they may win because you know they just they. It's gonna go seven, though. I would say they will win, but it's gonna go six or seven. And it's not gonna be easy at all. But yeah. they definitely, between the lower 5 to 10, 11, 12, because any of them teams can still make the playoffs, they really should avoid Toronto and Philly.
0: Well, I think the, the like, headline here is that the East kind of 12 deep. Yes. The Hawks are the 12th seed right now, but they were in the conference finals last year. And I know for a fact no team wants to go against Trae Young in the first round.
1: Right. You no know I
0: want to deal with that. Like Boston is a 10 seed, but if you're the Bulls and you go against them round one, like they win the playoff playing or something, are you feeling good playing against Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart in the playoffs? Like you know, I think I think there are gonna be potential for some big upsets in the East this year because god damn, these teams are good. Like right. this is four.
1: Yeah, this 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 the East is great, man. It, it feels good. It's the East being great again, though, because all those years where the East was trash, especially when LeBron was there. Yeah, uh, it feels great again.
0: So, yeah, this is as a Wizards fan, they finally have like a good roster. And then, of course, the East is just twelve straight killers, and I don't even know if they're gonna make playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: like Wait. being a Wizards fan... how do you, do you think y'all should get rid of Bill? Huh? You think y'all should trade Bill? No. Okay, I, no. I know I know a couple Wizards fans, and because I stay in, I live in Virginia, so I know a couple Wizards fans where they really are. <laughs> this is one dude I know; he's really adamant about like getting rid of Bill and just getting some youth. I mean, like,
0: if you do that, you gotta buy into we're done for the next, like, five years minimum. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Victor Wambanyam is coming in 2023. So, if we can get him, I'll do anything. Okay. I'll trade the whole, I'll trade the whole roster if it means the Wizards get the first pick in the 2023 draft.
1: Yeah, Victor is crazy. Yeah, he, <laughs> he
0: is awesome. sick. Like, he's one of the greatest prospects i ever seen. Yeah, he's the best prospect. I've I haven't been looking at prospects for that long. So for as far as I have been looking at like lower level than NBA play, he has the most potential of anyone I've seen.
1: You're right. Uh would do anything to draft him, Paul. But yes, definitely do anything to get him, especially if I'm a middle of the pack team. I'm like, uh not him and Scoot Henderson is the two I'm I'm tanking for. It's like Yeah, Scoot I don't know anything
0: about, but I've heard from people that know more than me that he's just as good as Victor, which is nuts.
1: Yeah, he's um he should still be a high school and he's killing the G League. So that should say a lot right there. Yeah. So, definitely. It's going to definitely be interesting. Interesting way the Wizards go. But it's good to see DC lit and have a good team, though. I the mean, team definitely deserves it.
0: We're 500, but, like, there are flashes where this team looks like, damn, this could be a real a threat. Right. And then
1: it's, it's flashes where it's like, oh, huh. y'all have a lot uh <laughs> Hamid and Lola
0: Dinwiddie doesn't play Bradley Beal doesn't get well he plays but he's like basically not in the game Bradley Beal doesn't get back on defense Denny looks like a negative on offense and you're like what did I see in this team right it's like this isn't
1: a team I just watched a couple of days before yeah
0: exactly yeah, yeah. it's yeah. I, it's still the best season we've had in years so
1: right so how mad can you be right yeah, exactly.
0: Be grateful. Okay, so you're a Knights fan, right?
1: Right. Do you think they're winning at all? Um, I've grown lower on us. I instead of me thinking we can win it all regardless of having Kyrie, um, I would say this. I would say we're the favorites to win it all. But I don't know, like. I'm scared that we can still lose to the Bucks with all three healthy. It's That's possible. my biggest fear. It's possible, but
0: after seeing last year where KD almost beat them basically by himself, like Kyrie went out first game, right? Uh, no, I was game four. We was up two one. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, okay. Well, Harden went out first game, and then when he yeah, came... it was Harden that went out first game. Yeah, and then when he came back, he might as well not have been there. Right. So, and then it still came down to like half an inch.
1: Dude, literally, because yeah. he wears a half a shoe size bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: I mean, it's possible, but as a Nets fan, I wouldn't feel that scared about that. Yeah, man. But Greek, <laughs> he, he he looks better. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he was kind of disappointing for the first half of that season series last year, not season. Series. He
1: was that series. He was like. Even that series overall, I was fine with because it was like Chris Middleton had dude, him and Drew Holiday went God mode. And it was like, all right, bro, like y'all meant to win, especially with Joe Harris missing every open three. <laughs> Man, don't get me
0: started on him. Why does he just become like the worst player in the league in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, like. Like, like, it happened more than once, right? Yeah. And it's like, are you serious? Like, you can't hit an open three, bro. Like, an open one. Like, I'm not even talking about him, the contested ones, or even a pull. I'm like, bro, all we needed Joe to do was hit open threes. And we would have been NBA champions. But it's fine. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm rooting for them because I'm a KD stan. Uh, yeah. I think they're the best team. Like, I know I just said the Warriors look like the best team, but I don't want to bet against KD Kyrie and Harden,
1: even if Kyrie's not playing. But, yeah, um, cause I don't see people, people telling me that the Warriors can beat the Nets fully healthy with all three, and I'm like, yeah, stop, like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> like, I was like, no, they can't. Like, no. Like, at I some point, Trump's like... <laughs>
0: no, I think it's possible, but I would bet money... On the Nets in that series. But I was actually just going to talk about that. Imagine how good that finals would be. KD versus Curry, Kyrie versus Curry. Oh my God. Like, I've been thinking about that all season. There's nothing I want more.
1: Yeah, then Harden gets his revenge or go to state. Autumn years of beating him up. John- oh yeah, Harden too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You do not have, have a beef with Curry. Yeah, it's like if Eddie one wanted to win finals MVP versus that team, I'll be shed a tear. Oh my. <laughs> I cannot wait. Steve Dash coming from the Warriors organization to be, be the head coach after being a trainer. Oh my gosh, it's so many storylines built up. The NBA, I know the NBA really is salivating that the NBA probably wants that more than having uh Lakers Nets finals. Last oh. year last year was like okay, we won the Lakers Nets finals. Now nah, this year is like we won Golden State versus Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, if I'm if I'm Adam Silvers, I'm paying every ref for all the playoffs just to make sure that happens. Right. Because I can't but like knowing the NBA, that's not gonna happen. The storyline's never <laughs> never
1: how we want. Man, it never is upright. right. You know, that year they was doing the old 9 when they was doing the puppet commercials between Kobe and LeBron. They super wanted yeah. that to happen. And then Dwight Howard happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the
0: amount shot like, 70% from three.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. We were supposed to get Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference finals, and Jokic happened. <laughs> and Jokic and Murray happened. I said, wow, like, whoa. This is crazy. Y'all yeah. was 3-1? It's so
0: good. Oh, yeah, it was, it was 3-1. Um, but, like, the potential of Warriors' next finals is so good that I don't want to think about it because I know I'm just going to get mad when it's, like, like any other team. Like, <laughs> it's not going to happen, but I want it to so badly.
1: Like, Warriors' Bucks would still be a great finals, but it's still like, bro, we could have had. <laughs> yeah,
0: any two teams good enough to get to the finals will be fun. Right. Like Phoenix Milwaukee was a great
1: series, but phenomenal series. Yeah. But like come on.
0: You don't want to see Katie and Curry and Harden and all of that.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. man. It, it, whew, hopefully hopefully we can get it, but I try not to imagine it too much because I don't want to be disappointed either when it doesn't happen. Yeah. But I'll be happy if it doesn't happen because, shoot, if we don't play them in the fighters, it's like a guaranteed 4-0. I'm a, Man, that's going to be the most – I promise you, that's going to be the most epic Twitter space I ever do that day. I, I may <laughs> I may get KD up there that day afterwards and, and just <laughs> – forgot you have the KD times. Yeah, I may get him up there that day and just talk a bunch of shit. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna be so happy. Like I may shed, I may cry on live. <laughs> like real talk. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's so many days. I dealt with watching D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie. Then when I'm able to hoist the championship, I may I may spend my life savings just to go to the finals to watch them host the trophy. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. No doubt,
0: though. Yeah, that seems like a good place to end it. Where will they be able to find Twitter space when the Nuts win the championship?
1: Uh, catch me on Twitter at no layups, no layups underscore. It's no, as soon as you type in no layups, you know, it's going to be me. I don't got no alias. Nobody copying me. We are straight original. No layups underscore. Check me out on YouTube at no layups. Check me out on Instagram. At no dot layups, um, Karolinko live coming soon, so just follow me. Um, uh, thankful, thankful to be up here. I've been waiting to hop on the pod to talk my, talk my junk just to talk basketball verbally. You know, typing it gets tiresome after a while, but just talking it verbally, um, definitely have me back up here by playoffs though for sure. Yeah, we'll do it whenever you want. All right, man. I appreciate you.
0: Yeah, Uh, you guys can find me at TruthTellerNBA on Twitter and NBA.TruthTeller on Instagram.
1: Thanks for coming, man. I think this is probably the best episode you've done. Hey, man, I appreciate it. No doubt, man. Just holler at me whenever, bro. Yeah, you'll definitely be back on. Thanks, All right. man. See ya.